Hey guys, and welcome back to another Weird Wednesday. I'm Ashers, and this is Pat O. Pat O. Happy President's Day. How was your weekend? Happy President's Day to you too, Ashers. My weekend was um, it was all right. It was um, a lot of work, a lot of stuff going on. Right, we got the 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 Frogman Festival is nigh. It's just about yes. upon us. So uh, had that. Um, the Y2K stuff. There was the I had a D and D game yesterday. Got a even even more important D and D game coming up at the end of March in Lake Geneva for Gary Con, and uh, just lots of shit. So um, what did I want to talk about? Saw the new Ant Man movie. There's a lot of discourse on the internet about how it sucks, and I am here to tell you, <laughs> the listeners, it does not suck. Um, I thought it was really good. I'm a big fan of the MCU. So, um, this is them, you know, the last couple MCU movies have just been kind of introducing new characters or just kind of doing whatever. And this is the official start of like the next mythos, uh, the next kind of like larger scale story, the infinity stone saga from the previous one. And this kind of brings the Kang stuff to the forefront and sets that all up. And it was good. And, you know, um, people bitch cause some of the Marvel movies are too, connected and then some people bitch because they're not connected enough and this was a a nice hybrid of both and i highly highly recommend it um saturday i went to a candace who does all of our uh graphic design stuff all my graphic design stuff at least um it was her second annual 29th birthday oh very nice yeah and uh as a, I know I mentioned this on Twitter, but I'm going to repeat it for a much larger audience. There's nothing that makes a 41 going on 42 year old man happier than being invited to a young girl's 30th birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> it made me feel virile and relevant, <laughs> and I absolutely loved it. So please listen. Was it a good party? Uh, yeah, I wasn't there for too long, but it was, it was good. It was, so I met Candace through, um, filmmaking. She used to do, uh, costumes on movies and stuff. And we kind of became friends through that. And so it was a lot of movie people and which was good. And, uh, you know, we talked movie stuff, movie stuff is happening. And I know last towards the end of last year, I had said on the show that my goal for 2023 is to not do another 48 hour film. Because I wanted to be working on a full length, and that's becoming more and more of a reality on a daily basis. So that was cool. It was cool to kind of hang out with those people and talk shop and shit. So that was cool. And then Saturday night after that, I kind of I kind of pieced out a little early because I had to come home and record the Y two K stuff for the next couple of weeks. And came home, popped an edible. All right, I'm gonna sit down and talk to Danny. And we're like five, we're, we're not even like doing the show yet. We were talking about, he, he read the giant, the book on giants that I read. So we're sitting there starting to get high, talking about fucking giants and the power goes out in the whole entire neighborhood. Yay. Yeah. And, um, so that was something I had to deal with. I had a, a house full of children and, uh, you know, it's eight thirty, nine o'clock at night on a Saturday and we've got no electricity and, you know, it was kind of, it was good because I had to, um, deal with that. And there's been so much going on lately. That's kind of, uh, I don't know, just paranoia and just like, you know, stuff happening. And are we in the middle of a disaster? Are we not in the middle of disaster? Is shit going down? 
that when something very concrete did happen, like we, we lost power, you know, and luckily it was just, it, it was temporary and it was only for a couple hours and it was only our neighborhood. Um, you know, it's not like the phones went down or anything. We were able to, you know, that's the first thing I did was check my cell phone and like, okay, my cell phone works. We weren't hit with an EMP, but, uh, you know, I just kind of, okay. Like, you know, the kids are like, Oh, what's going on? I'm like, all right, well, here's a flashlight. You take a flashlight, you know, Allison, you do this kind of, you come here, you help me, you know, put new flashlights in the battery, put new batteries in the flashlights and shit. And like mobilized everyone. And we responded to it. We didn't just kind of sit there in the dark and fucking like freak out or anything we we took control of the situation we turned it around and within about 20 minutes everyone was kind of calmed down and like cool and like all right we're fine and everyone's devices were in low battery mode and you know i had my wife on the internet checking out like what comed was saying about you know how long it was gonna take for the power to come back on and what neighborhoods were affected it wasn't widespread okay that's good this is just kind of an, an isolated localized thing it's not like the grid collapsed or something you know it was I'm not trying to act like it was a fucking uh, emergency preparedness drill, but in a, in a small way, it kind of was. And, um, you know, I don't consider myself to be too much of a prepper or anything, but uh, it was nice to see that we handled that really, really well. It was like a fire drill, I guess you'd say. You know what I mean? What's the longest uh, amount of time you've ever gone without power? A fucking week. Yeah. It was like two years ago. Um, it went down for the summer, and what what pissed me off about that was that we were fine. A light, like something happened to a a, a big transformer or something one neighborhood over, and they had to shut our power off to work on theirs. So it was off and on very intermittently, and we would get little notifications like, "Oh, it's coming back on for a little bit," and we all oh, everyone charge everything and you know, and then it would be off again. And it was in the middle of the summertime, and it was hot at night and shit. It was it was fucking miserable. I got drunk like that whole week. It's the only thing I could do. As I fucking, I had a, um, I'd go to work and I'd charge everything and then come home. And uh, this was not that. But then we knew we knew exactly what was going on. So it was an inconvenience, but it wasn't like troubling. You know what I mean? Having this kind of suddenly drop off in the middle of the night. There was, until my wife got on, you know, her job was communications. You get on your phone and you see what you can figure out. Until we realized what was happening, it was like, well, what happened? Is this, you know, one of my kids says, does this have something to do with the balloons? Like, no, probably not. You know, this has nothing to do with anything. The power just goes out. Now, it wasn't storming here, so it's not like we were in the middle of a, a high winds or rain or anything. So at first that was a little concerning because you don't know why this happened. And of course I'm a very creative person. So I am entertaining a million and one possibilities at once, but it ended up being like, absolutely not. It's just whatever. It was back on in like an hour and a half, you know? Um, so an inconvenience, but I learned a lot from it too, because I realized like all my good shits in the garage. So like, you know, all we had was like a couple flashlights laying around the house. I didn't have my emergency radio or anything like that. Um, so I don't know. That was, that was Saturday and that was very, it was, <laughs> So then by the time everything comes back on, and of course my computer crashed because it turned off in the middle of all this, I got to get that up and running. And Daniel's on his side doing his thing. By the time we actually sat down to record, we were both incredibly fucking stoned. And those two episodes, I'll just, uh, if you're someone that listens to both podcasts, I'm just warning you right now, they're, they're very short and they're very, uh, they're not bad, but we're were way more fucked up than we planned on being and what I, are they about uh so we did the uh oh white noise 
<laughs> coincidentally enough, the the movie uh, filmed in East Palestine, Ohio, about a train derailment that causes an airborne toxic event. Uh, we watched that. That's a, that's on Netflix right now. And then we also we we've been going through all the Edgar Wright movies, and um, we finally got around to watching the documentary that he did about the Sparks Brothers, which uh, they're a, a I don't want to say, they're not British because they're actually from America, but they're just like a, a pop group that's been around for like 50 years and never had a whole lot of success themselves, but they've kind of had a ripple effect and they influenced a lot of people. And it's just kind of a, a documentary about them over the years. So, yeah, that was Saturday. And then what was yesterday? <laughs> yesterday was D and D, which I'm never doing in a bar again. Cause I'm fucking too old for that. There was people were hammered and it was loud. I'm at the point I was explaining this to my kid. Like, I'm, I turned 42 in like a month. Like I'm at the point now where I, I'm not deaf, but I'm like, what? Like <laughs> fucking <laughs> my hearing isn't what it used to be, especially playing in bands for so long. Like it was just too loud and too dark. <laughs> Are you sure place. you're not deaf? What? Are you, oh, see? <laughs> <laughs> just saying, I mean. <laughs> I'm not, my headphones are up really loud right now. Like, I'm not deaf, but it's just like, it was too loud in there. And I just I feel like yelling at people like, all right, what's your hit modifier? I'm not going to yell into my microphone. But like, just, it's just, I'm done doing. We're still going to play D&D, but I think we're just going to do it in my kitchen. And then when the weather changes, we'll, I'll set up the garage and we can do it in the garage like real nerds. Um, but I'm, sure. I'm no offense against fucking Mike. I, he's been a great host, uh, but we're not, I'm not doing the bar thing anymore. No more <laughs> D and D up at rock Island. I'm sorry. I'm too old for that shit. Okay. So how was your weekend? What'd you get up oh, to? You God. did, did, are you not, are we no longer escape bros? Uh, uh, for a very short time, we are still escape bros. Um, but I did, I got a new car. Congratulations. And I am getting used to having a different car. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, the unfortunate part about it is that it was my mom's car. It, that part's not unfortunate. My mom um, has money. So she's, you know, she's good at taking and she can, she's good at taking care of her stuff. So I got a I got a good car for a great deal. No worries. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. Loaded up with all the bells and whistles. Just a little bit older. The 2017. Ooh, you know. Um, but because it's her car, she still has like some type of entitlement to it, (laughs) which has been really unfortunate. So like I went and I took my daughter out driving around in the new car because I am getting used to it. It's a lot smaller. It's still an SUV, but it's a lot, you know, like I said, uh, me and Pato have Ford Escapes and, um, I have a smaller, I have a a Chevy Trax now. It's smaller than the Mm -hmm. Ford Escape. And so I'm getting used to like how it works. Obviously, it's it's newer, you know, so it's a lot stiffer and it just, just doesn't drive the same way that my car does, you know. So I'm getting used to it and I'm like explaining that to her. It's got working brakes. Yeah, the brakes work fine. Yeah. The brakes don't start on fire. I was like, how, yeah, how the fuck yeah. am I supposed to light my cigarette without uh, my yeah. brakes on fire? <laughs> <laughs> you know it's all nice and it's got all this shit that like tells you like uh there's like a little like sensor that tells me if i'm like too close to the car in front of me and my fucking little lights pop up on my side view mirrors if there's a car beside me oh i hate those yeah all kinds of new stuff 
people pass you in traffic all the fucking time. All I don't need to be time. notified because someone's in the lane next to me. And then it comes on, yeah. right? It tells right. you. And then, like, you know, just like I'm learning how to take my turns. I'm a pretty, you know, for somebody that doesn't drive a bunch, because I don't, I've got PTSD, I'm a pretty aggressive driver locally. Mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm used to being like rough and, ru- and rugged with my car, and I'm like <laughs> not there yet with my new car so i'm just like explaining that to my mom i'm like like i don't know what speed i can take a turn at yet like i haven't gotten used to that and she's like you just must be a bad driver i don't know i'm like what are you talking i'm like why because i'm driving i've just now started driving a car today that i've never driven before sure that's why i don't like test driving like i understand the concept behind it but i'm not not gonna gonna have a good experience if you just throw me in a fucking car right like Uh, i've never driven right give me like two days exactly exactly yeah and now, but you know, now I'm used to driving it, but, um, yeah. So, I mean, I still have to, you know, she'll be like, how's the car? You know, she'll, she'll call me today and ask me how the car is. And I'm so sick of talking to my mom about cars. It's not even funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, but I got a new car and that was exciting. Um, and you know, then I also, um, I watched a couple movies this weekend. Uh, what'd you look at? Oh man, I watched three movies. Um, I watched the first two Star Wars movies, and uh, what I mean by that is A New Hope and The Empire Strikes Back. I've never watched Star Wars. <laughs> okay, <laughs> what'd you think? It's not very good. I don't understand why people <laughs> like it. I, I, I mean, it's been explained to me. Listen, I, I get it. As somebody that grew up never watching Star Wars before and hearing all the references, I, I mean, I get, it. I get the whole thing. Right? It's this whole story. Mm-hmm. I get it. Um, but like I could watch that story in a totally different movie. That's a lot better. Right. <laughs> and so, <laughs> um, you know, that's, and I know, I know some of the audience, uh, right now is like, wow, yeah, I know you guys think I'm a bitch because I don't like star Wars, but I don't, I'm sorry. It's just, I don't, I, I don't understand why people get so fucking into it. Like if you have to take fucking nine movies and how many other fucking one-off and spinoffs and series and books to tell me a fucking story, something's wrong with your storytelling. Oh baby, I I could totally. I'm gonna let you have this moment, but if if it gets to, if the heat gets to be too much, I'm gonna I could dish up a hot take that will totally take you out of the fucking spotlight on Star Wars. <laughs> and, uh, yes, and get me fucking completely banned from everything. <laughs> I mean, we'll get we won't we won't get invited to, to the fucking frogman thing. Jeff will, will will sincerely fucking rescind his offer to both of us, fucking if I if I let this hot take out of the bottle. So I, I'll I'll, sell, I'll shelve it for now. I'm curious. He'll 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 text me. He'll let me know if he's a Star Wars fan. Me? Um, no, I am. Yeah, definitely. No, no, Jeff, Jeff Craig. This is oh, this I is assume so. Jeff Craig. Yeah, he's age appropriate for it. I think he would be. I don't know. We'll see. You know, I I just I. I it was okay. It wasn't. I'm never gonna. I mean, I'm gonna finish the tr- the first trilogy. Okay, sure. I am. And but like, I hear that like the Empire Strikes Back is like the absolute best Star Wars movie that there is. So if that's the best you got, eh, the first twenty minutes of Jedi are pretty awesome. But then it kind of it's I don't know. There if if you don't like the first one, if you don't like Star Wars, that self contained story, right? Of just them and and then it's. You know what I think, and this is what I think it is. I think for in your case, you're coming into it just way too late. If you I didn't, think- if you didn't grow up with those movies as a kid, then you have no nostalgia to look back on. There's no like emotional connection. It's like hearing the Beatles for the first time in 2023 and being like, "Who the fuck cares about this? This is shit." Yeah, you're not gonna, right. you, you can't appreciate <laughs> it. You're just like, yeah. "Oh, whatever." You don't know what it, the world was like before it. 
you can't appreciate the impact that it made and all this stuff. So I, whatever, man. Yeah. yeah, I I agree with that. I mean, and that I've I've said that, and I've said that I'm not going to watch them because that ship has sailed. I just missed my mark. But here I am. Um, somebody has recommended it to me endlessly, so I am giving it a shot. I'm giving it a shot, and you know, it's just but I like I don't give a shit about politics, like first and foremost, and that's like all these movies are. And I don't. The person that recommended them to me was like, "But it's not about politics. No, it's straight up like it's about it's politics." Like, oh, it gets about? worse. the The prequels are all about uh, trade politics. federation and and yeah. the yeah clones and shit, <laughs> so they don't have to fight. Yeah, it's it 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 gets way more into politics than you ever think that it would. Yeah, and it's yeah, just, and, and it kills you know, it. Yeah, I, I was gonna watch it in that order. I was gonna watch it from the prequels up you wouldn't even made it through the first one <laughs> listen so i did start watching the phantom menace yeah and i turned it off 30 yes. minutes into it <laughs> <laughs> i was like this is fucking awful um and but but you know i liked a new hope it was okay you know i the empire strike backs so it was all right um some people i don't like like i don't like han solo and that's what i was telling the person i fucking hate han solo and they're like why he's what he, i'm like because he's a jerk off to princess leia and i get that they end up together but like the my first thought process was that guy thought he was so, such hot shit immediately my first instinct was i would peg him i would peg him and i'd go tell the whole fucking galaxy about it oh, oh my god <laughs> oh my god we need to fucking life. film this you need to get one of your little fucking cucks one of your houseboys to dress up like Han Solo and you dress up him. like an Ewok or a fucking whoever you want. And you and th- this is a movie that we need to make and we need to fucking set. We need to shoot a 10 minute version of this and we need to sell it on many vids. This is a fucking gold mine. I want to see you peg Han Solo. That is that is we're printing money. We're printing money here. We can have yeah. this done. We, you know, I'll tell you what, we fucking film it Friday night and we sell copies of it at the convention on fucking Saturday. <laughs> The turnaround well, I, time. I can edit that shit on my iPhone. I will have that ready. Yeah, oh I, my that, God. that was my first thought. I would fucking, I would peg Han Solo, and he'd do it because he's one of those assholes that's like, "Yeah, I'm kinky." He'd do it, but oh, you're gonna make him regret that decision. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. And he's like gonna, I said, I'd tell the whole fucking galaxy, every goddamn I, one of them. And I know what he'd say right before you popped it in. I got a bad feeling about this. <laughs> <laughs> fucking. Before you red sock that <laughs> motherfucker. Oh yeah, we'd have him. to we'd have to make the strap on look like a fucking lightsaber, a red one. You would have to That'd do really like cool. a Darth. Right, well, I guess with your red hair, maybe <laughs> every time could... I every time I fucking plunge in, it goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a sound effect I could get. I'm sure I could get that on iMovie and put that in there. <laughs> what a great intelligent podcast you guys are listening to today I'm, I'm, I'm sure that you're so happy that you tuned in i hope it's your first time here get used to this um <laughs> yeah every podcast <laughs> is somebody's first episode so <laughs> and i do hope it's this one <laughs> but you know so there's other i like luke you know as a character um my favorite characters though are uh uh c3po and r2d2 and I just want a supercut of all their scenes. I love how fucking petty C3PO is. Like, he's such a fucking <laughs> petty man. He is. He's so goddamn petty. And then R2D2 is just like a lost puppy. I mean, it's, you know, that's. Well, funny. they're in all of them. So you're in luck there if you do yeah. continue. They are the one through line uh, with all nine movies. Thank God. That, yeah. 
Because they're yeah. robots, so they don't age or die or anything like that. Thank God, because that's the only people I like, really. Yeah. Um, you know, so yeah, I just, I, I don't know. Again, I'm gonna, I'll finish it out. I'll probably watch, you know, the last one this weekend. We'll see. But I also watched Megan. What do you think of that? Uh, it wasn't bad. I, I probably will never watch it again. Um, <laughs> I say that about a lot of movies. Do you get the queer fascination with that movie? And I like <laughs> to think that I have my finger on the pulse of that. that of, when i appreciate camp right i had a very right. long conversation with a trans filmmaker that i'm hoping to collaborate with about the different levels of camp and stuff and the, it, i don't get the fascination with megan and snl even did a skit about it how the fucking the gays absolutely adore that movie i don't know what it is why i don't know that's what, what i'm asking you I'm here, maybe you i i have no idea i don't know if it's because she looks so weird or the way she dances or something but like I don't know if you're listening and you have you can weigh in on this. Please do. Yeah, I don't understand that fascination with just Megan herself, or like yeah. the movie. No, with the I think with the um, with the with the character or something, or the way she dances or some shit. I have no idea. She's become I mean, kind of a gay icon for some reason. I don't get it. That is weird. I think I I don't understand that either. I, because she's genderless. I don't know. I mean, real technically, because she's not. She's a robot. Did you? <laughs> I don't know. So I was re-listening to the episode we did where I had just seen Megan, and I I talked about how it kind of caught me off guard that there wasn't one reference about fucking that doll. Did you feel that that was that that was noticeably absent, or am I just a pervert? Well, so I, I can understand it from like the. Um, toy company's perspective you know they really didn't want to put that idea out there at all but there was that boy that she killed that i thought for sure i thought that he was going to try to fuck that doll oh maybe i don't know i I know what you're talking about yeah like i mean he didn't but he like took her pants off and like got on top of her and then like she killed him so oh i might have missed that okay you know, so I thought for sure, and I was like, I don't want to see that. He's also a child, and she—it looks like a child. And this yeah, is no, 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 <laughs> no. I'm not, I'm not like into a the pederast shit, but it, it just seems yeah. like that story in a different set of hands could have very easily had some kind of nerdy lab character that oh, leers at her, or something that she revenge kills, or you know, because she is kind of like an antihero. She only really kills like unlikable characters, so um right yeah you know what i mean so one of those victims could have very easily been some pervy guy that has ill intentions for the you know four foot tall latex doll that looks like a the fucking uh, yeah like if the fucking toy company like owner dude if he was like a fucking weirdo about the doll and was like groping up on it behind the scenes or something and then she killed him that would have been great right or or even if there was a throwaway land about how we could take the mold for this and it would have other applications in the adult industry you know what i mean like there it would have been it would have that would have been something that i think would have made sense that i almost expected and they they didn't do um, which is fine. I mean, it, it, yeah. it very much strove for PG thirteen. Um, yeah, which yeah, which you're right is fine, and it was okay for what it was. I I I expected to really hate it, but it kept my attention the whole movie. Like I I was very much interested in what was happening. Um, but I don't get why people people are like really obsessed with it. Like it's already greenlit for a sequel, and I'm like, why? It's fine. Just leave it alone. If you just left it alone, it'd be fine the way it is. But you're not gonna do that, are you? <laughs> It made money, you know, because I think it, here's the thing: it was Bloomhouse, so you know they purposely structured it so that it would be profitable. They they it didn't. There's like no one famous in it, with the exception of like Allison Williams, 
Um, so there's no stars or anything. And, uh, you know, they made a PG 13 horror movie that came out in the middle of the winter when no one's got anything going on. And, you know, it probably cost 10 million to make and it made 25 at the box office 30. Like it wasn't, it was profitable, but it wasn't like a, a fucking huge overnight success or anything. So yeah, they'll do a sequel, you know? Um, I hate that. That's all it takes for franchises to, to get born. And then you figure maybe hopefully the franchises get more and more profitable as they go. Cause you have a long enough timeline to attract more viewers, you know? Yeah. It's just still, I mean, it still is like obviously hanging out in the shadow of Chucky and I get it's two yeah. different concepts, but not really because Chucky also did the AI thing that was just kind of fucked up. You know, we didn't need more of that. <laughs> we already have it. I don't know. You know, right. It was, um, but it was okay. Like I said, yeah. it kept my attention. It's not the worst piece of shit I've ever seen. I liked it better than Star Wars. <laughs> so. Oh, wow. I can't you know. defend you there. Well, here, you want my hot take? You want me just to fucking say it? Go ahead. Spill, spill your hot take. I, I, I think Harry Potter is better than Star Wars. Ooh, Harry Potter's awful. Exactly. So fucking. But I'll say this. You know what? I, I've, I've read the first of all, the books are, the books are good. Um, the movies you have, uh, you have eight movies, I think there's seven or eight Harry Potter movies and they tell a, a more epic coherent story than, you know, you look at all nine star Wars movies and they're shit, you know, both have disappointing prequels. The fantastic beef stuff is like garbage. I don't like any of that. And the star Wars prequels are terrible, but I feel like the character's journeys and the emotional core and the, the what it has to say about bravery and heroism and rising to challenges and sacrifice that Harry Potter tells a better, more emotionally resonant story than Star Wars does. And both are both are high fantasy, sure, but uh, the Potter stuff, as much as J.K. Rowling is deplorable, and I'm not a huge fan of George Lucas either, but she definitely wins that fucking contest about who's a bigger shithead. Um, all that stuff aside, I think that when you talk about like young adults, fantasy, uh, coming of age stories that Harry Potter definitely fucking blows Star Wars out of the water. I, I will say, because I think that now I've, I've publicly denounced Star Wars and Harry Potter. Um, so you guys are probably mad at me. Uh, Lord of the Rings fucks. Let me tell you, Lord of the Rings is just fine. <sighs> I don't know. I don't like that at all. Uh, That's see, my least favorite of the three. Really? Yeah. Oh, Lord of the Rings is fucking boring. The books I mean, I are like boring. It. I was into it. It's like it's, I have that nostalgia factor. It came out when I was a kid. Right? It was the first major book series I'd ever read in middle school. Was, you know, all of them. Um, so, I mean, it carries that nostalgia for someone like me. Whereas, like, Star Wars clearly is going to carry that nostalgia for someone that like grew up in the 80s you know <laughs> or whatever it was born in the 80s it's just a generational deal and then harry potter typically is going to slap for people kind of in between the 90s and the 2000s I don't know, i'm old as fuck the only thing i like about lord of the rings are the fucking led zeppelin songs written about them you know what i mean it's they're not it, it's just it's kind of it, it to me it just it's old and i know your your approach to it is you're just looking at the movies I was old enough to read the books before the movies came out to where I had, I had read the books before the movies came out. So I 
went to go see the movies and i was like yeah and i thought the books were boring in the first time around and then you go see the movies and you're like oh they're all three and a half hour fucking shit with no i read the books in between the fellowship and the two towers so yeah, i watched no, the I, movie no i mean like i had read them like in high school like yeah. before all that shit came out so i was familiar with it and i and i even when i read them just to read them not knowing that there was movies coming um i was like this is what people are fucking all excited about i i think it's it's kind of going back to that beatles thing where i can appreciate lord of the rings as being groundbreaking as far as fantasy goes and being a dungeons and dragons player dungeons and dragons is exists because of lord of the rings because gary gygax and all those dudes they were uh military battle reenactment people right they used to use miniatures and reenact like civil war battles and then they got the idea of well what if we reenacted battles from like lord of the rings with wizards and orcs and elves and dwarves and shit so they came up with character classes for those mythical creatures and then that's that kind of was how Dungeons and Dragons came to be. So um, I can, I definitely, I get the significance of it, but I wouldn't want to watch those movies either. Yeah. I'm not a, um, you know, and I'm not a fantasy type of person. Like I'm typically like, I hear that kind of stuff and I'm like, Oh God, I cringe. It's cringy. (laughs) Um, but I really did enjoy legitimately enjoyed Lord of the Rings, but you know, you, whoever you are listening to this, I just want to tell you, just because I don't like something that you fucking love doesn't mean that you're wrong for fucking loving it. And don't let me make you feel bad for enjoying the things that you enjoy. Yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not that person. Like, <laughs> I don't want to make anybody feel like that you are lesser than, or you are dumb for enjoying the thing that you enjoy. Um, because you are you uniquely you and you like it for whatever reason that you like it. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's so fucking weird when people get into like huge battles over stuff like that and shit on people for liking whatever kind of media it is that they enjoy. I don't, I don't know. It's weird. It's very high schoolish. <laughs> I, I think you're absolutely right there. I, I used to argue about that stuff. I totally used to argue with, about that stuff when I was in high school. Yeah. <laughs> I got older and now I don't give a shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? You like what you like and that's fine. Exactly. You know, there's and plenty I of room for everybody. Would like to peg han solo so oh i would that. like to watch you peg han solo i think that's a fucking you know my birthday's coming up in april Stop. <laughs> can you i'll tell it's you what show up han solo it's the it's the fact that he's such an asshole and he thinks he's so desirable all right i'll thing. tell you what if you show up to frogman fest with a black vest on looking like a, a scruffy looking nerf herder and act like an asshole <laughs> Maybe she'll push your shit in back at the hotel room. I might, yeah. I might. <laughs> Don't say that. There's going to be so many Han Solos at the fucking Frogman Festival. Oh, first, dude, if one shows up, I think that let's just, we just need one to show up. No. Just one. Jeez. Somebody anyway. show up dressed like, I want this to be a recurring thing for all of our events. Because we got at least three <laughs> events this year that at I'm going one to. one Han Solo. And I just, I would love for someone to show up dressed up like Han Solo. And that's the cool thing is that you're going to this weird, like, event shit. Like, no one's going to blink an eye if you show up dressed like a Star Wars character. No, but no, like, no. Just do it. I want at least one person at every event, at least, to show up dressed like Han Solo and be like, what's up? And then you can give them the the American Gladiator thumbs up or thumbs down, you know. It's going to be thumbs down each and every time. No, not Um, necessarily. You might be the one. You might be the one to win her heart. And I'll say this. 
if if you're really interested if you're really serious about it bring your own uh byo so bring your own strap on because only you know what's going to fit you don't leave it to her to bring one it might be too big or it might be too small so bring your own find out what what your gauge is and um show (laughs) up you got about a week and a half start measuring that butthole of you (laughs) figure out who you are as a person do a little deep diving self-exploration and ask yourself the really tough questions you know how much am i willing to fucking whatever (laughs) i'm done with this i'm I'm done with this anyway you want some news sure (laughs) And other news, besides me uh, pegging Han Solo, <clears throat> I thought that this was really topical considering last week's episode. Uh, a man in China won the lottery back in 2021, right? He hit the lottery for $1.5 million, which is, you know, we've, we've heard bigger. We've seen bigger. Sure. But he hid it from his wife, and she just found out about it. So what does she do? She files for divorce, and uh, now he has to pay her back 66% of those winnings man so um just to go off of the lottery curse and if it exists or not well i mean maybe don't like hide 1.5 million dollars from your wife yeah chicks don't find that shit amusing no not at all and he also used some of those funds to pay like the first year he he purchased an apartment for his first wife See, what a heart of gold, this guy. You know what I mean? He was trying to do the right thing, except for (laughs) disclose it to the one woman he should have. Um, So now he is, uh, well, he's he's not very happy uh, right now with himself. So is he cursed? Well, no. He's a product of his own decisions. Correct. Yeah. If if, if he's got any kind of curses that he's got too big of a heart and he can't say goodbye. You know? (laughs) That's that's what it is. Um, that's all I had though, really. Uh, there hasn't been a whole bunch happening lately. People are still talking about the fucking train derailment. There's really nothing new there. Uh, people are still talking about the balloons. There's really nothing new there either. Right, which is actually almost newsworthy in and of itself is that we we really have not gotten more uh, more info on that whole situation. I sent you probably, it might have even been before the show dropped on Wednesday, but of all people, Marco Rubio came out of one of their hearings and talked to the press about that. And, I mean, he's a, a former Republican uh, presidential candidate and uh, senator down in Florida. And he had said that, you know, he was in one of the security briefings about what had happened last weekend with those three objects being shot down at various points over North America. And he had said that, you know, 90, 95% of what he heard in that briefing could be made public immediately with no kind of consequence to national security. And that he did not understand why it was not being made public. And now maybe just being a Republican congressman, maybe he was being critical of the Biden administration. I don't know. I don't want to get involved in that politics. But uh, I thought that was kind of interesting was that you had a guy walk out of one of those meetings and say, I don't know why they're not telling you guys. I'm sorry. There's nothing groundbreaking here. You know what I mean? Um, and I, th- that's, I think that is a good question. Like we haven't heard anything. There is nothing new. The, the, the most concrete explanation that I saw and Asher's, I sent you a link to this today on Twitter is the weekly world news theorized that aliens are abducting moose from Alaska. 
And that's what's going on here. So at least somebody's trying to come up with an explanation. Clearly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and um, I just want to throw this out there that my dream job is to be the CIA plant working at Weekly World News. <laughs> Weekly He's World News might be, a whole, might be a fucking psyop for all I want, but I, I goddamn, I wish I worked there. <laughs> well. <laughs> I think I've proven this episode alone. I'm humorous enough. I could, I could be in the writer's room at Weekly World News, you know. But uh, anyway, I mean, Biden did come forward and he said, look, they are some type of balloons. We don't really know exactly where they are right now. We don't believe that they're connected to any type of particular country, that they're probably just private, maybe from private studies or private use or whatever. He said that uh, after the Chinese spy balloon situation, um, Canada, well, NORAD, they all got together at NORAD and decided, hey, you know what? Let's go ahead and turn our sensors up a little bit. And they did. Right. And so now yeah. they're seeing more shit in the sky be- than they were before. Yeah. So the, I, I, I actually, I had this conversation with my son yesterday because we were driving around and he asked me point blank, whatever happened with all that? Is that all that stuff done now? And I told him exactly that. The, the, imagine a search criteria and you're, you're on CarMax and you're looking for a new car and you say, I want a red 1989 Chevy Cavalier, right? And it's going to show you a half dozen cars. Well, what NORAD had done post the Chinese weather balloon incident a couple weeks back was that they changed their search criteria to just say, I want a red car. (laughs) And boom, now it populated a bunch of other uh, possibilities. And that's that's why we were chasing fucking random shit all over the sky. That's one explanation. Whether or not that's true, yeah, uh, or that's just a convenient excuse, I I don't know. We don't know. You know, who knows? Well, somebody does, but not us. <laughs> Did you have something you wanted to share? Yeah, I had another story that I thought was interesting. Uh, a metal detectorist, if you. I had no idea such a thing existed, but a metal detectorist. A metal detective? No, metal detectorist. Oh, that's that's a missed opportunity. And that is, and this is this this story is from uh, Fortune magazine. So it's not. This isn't some like fucking random uh, like internet. It's not Weekly World News. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is an actual. This is the language that they're using. Uh, They're suing the FBI, claiming that they alerted uh, the FBI to seven tons of Civil War era gold, and they took it away in a secret overnight dig. Dennis Parada, co-founder of the treasure hunting outfit Finders Keepers, should have fucking took his own advice, and his son spent years looking for the fabled gold of Dense Run, eventually guiding the FBI to a remote woodland site, 135 miles northeast of pittsburgh where they say their instruments identified a large quantity of metal the fbi brought in a geophysical consulting firm whose sensitive equipment detected seven to nine ton mass suggestive of gold uh so the fbi comes in they do their investigation and um then they left and they said that there was no gold so parada was not content with that explanation he obtained the video and other fbi records through freedom information act lawsuit hoping they would help answer lingering questions about what took place at dense run five years ago parada was mostly kept away from the dig site while the fbi did its work he suspects the agency conducted a clandestine overnight dig between the first and second days of the court authorized excavation 
found the gold and spirited away. Residents had previously told of hearing backhoe and jackhammer overnight when the dig was supposed to have been paused and seeing a convoy of FBI vehicles, including large armored trucks. The FBI has denied it conducted the overnight dig. Prada and a consultant, Warren Gettler, have focused on a handful of FBI photos and a company photo log that have them questioning the FBI's official gold dig timeline. At issue is the presence or absence of snow in the images and the timing of the storm that briefly disrupted operations. For example, an FBI image was supposed to have been taken about an hour after the squall. It does not show any snow on the large moss-covered boulder at the dig site. The same boulder is snow-covered in a photo that the FBI records indicate was taken the next morning, some 15 hours after the storm. They accused the FBI of altering the sequence of events to conceal an overnight excavation. So this outfit, Finders Keepers, it's a bunch of old dudes with metal detectors, and they go to, like, these Civil War battlefields, and they try to dig up, like, artifacts, right? And uh, the whole story is available online, and they show the guy's office, and he's got, like, Civil War cannons and and just different cool. stuff that like he was able to find and dig up and, and all this shit right and there's That's some lucrative. yeah and there's some yeah monetary advantage to doing that well then there's there's the story of gold that was being transported uh, by the Union Army that was they were ambushed by Confederate soldiers and this gold was lost right and it's been uh, this fit it's supposedly in this area outside of Pittsburgh and it's been a a legend for, you know, a couple hundred years. He said he found it. Well, for whatever fucking reason, he told the FBI about it. Right. It's like, why not just dig it up, right? Well, he didn't have the resources to dig it up or whatever. He thought he was doing the right thing. He also thought that he was going to get a finder's fee or something, which is what his beef is with the FBI. If he he thinks that they really found the money and they kept it for themselves, which for the most part he's okay with, but he thought they were going to throw him something on the back end. And they did it, and they claim they didn't find anything at all. Um, and if you if you go to this story, and I've seen this story in a couple different places, actually, which is why I'm bringing it up. Uh, they list all the inconsistencies with the FBI's reports, and there's there's uh, hours that aren't accounted for and expense reports that aren't there and all this stuff that shows that, at the very least, there are irregularities with their reporting of the operation. Right. Sure. Whether or not that means that they actually stole gold and ran away with it. Okay, fine. But, um, you know, I think the takeaway from this one is don't trust the government. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe don't like find treasure and then tell the government about it. I I don't. They're not going to give you a job. You know. No, they're not. (laughs) I I could I could do this episode. till I could do this show till I'm blue in the face. CIA is not going to hire me to write for Weekly World News. It ain't going to happen. No. Right. I got to do it myself. You know, yeah. so if you find gold, don't think Uncle Sam's going to give you a pat in the back for it. They're just going to fucking take it, <laughs> and well, they're going to give you shit. And if they yeah. do give you shit, they're going to tax you on it. You fucking idiot. I, so I think just... that that this is uh, <laughs> right. They're going to get the, they're going to get theirs no matter what. Um, I think this was probably an inside job, like not necessarily the FBI itself. But I just think it was a couple of guys within the group who was like, "Hey, we got all this equipment. Let's just go dig this shit up and say, you know what? We didn't find anything." Yeah, whoever answered the phone at the office that right. Day. <laughs> right exactly he's like well fuck yeah. this guy it's fucking gold here i can retire you know <laughs> yeah he googled fbi and called flowers by irene and then the fucking that guy picked the phone there's gold where all right yeah we'll be right on it <laughs> went out there with his cousin with a backhoe 
right. Uh, <laughs> Got Jesus. that shit out of there. <laughs> uh. And the and the actual FBI is like, we don't know nothing about any of this. I don't. <laughs> and then everybody's like, yeah, sure you don't. Sure. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Flowers by Irene has really taken off lately. Have you seen them stocks? Right. Um, yeah. That's uh, right. I mean, why would you? I don't know why you would call the government. That's really dumb. <laughs> his own fault <laughs> i'm sure no i'm sure he was being like and not to not to talk shit about dennis but i'm sure he was just being blindly patriotic and thought that this was the thing to do he thought that oh yeah because obviously he's like a civil war historian so he's got some kind of like american military fetish i don't i'm not i don't know this yeah. dude i gotta try to psychoanalyze in that deeply and come up with character flaws that may or may not even exist i don't know but um you know i think if you find something good don't expect a pat on the back all the time. Just, just you know, take, just take, take the win. Take yeah. the win. You found seven tons of gold. Good for you. You and all your nerdy. Yeah, good for you. I'm calling this guy a fucking nerd. So listen up. You and your nerdy metal detectorist friends stumbled upon seven tons of gold. <laughs> like that's God sending you the boat. Like just fucking take it, man. Don't. I'm gonna get a metal detector and discover all the world's secrets. I don't. <laughs> I'm gonna become a metal detectorist. You can live out your dream as a writer for Weekly World News, and I'll go live out my dream as a metal detectorist. That that pegs Han Solo. That pegs Han Solo. <laughs> oh my god, that's part of my dream too. Gotta get it right. Uh, I'll be a Han Solo detectorist. Oh. Um. Anyway. <laughs> Well, speaking of uh, not trusting the government and also speaking of shooting things out of the sky. Yeah. Pat O, what did you know about Roswell before? <laughs> what did I know about Roswell? Um, a couple things. So I'm going to I'm gonna kind of get my Roswell talk out of the way and then stand back and let you do your thing for this episode. <laughs> okay. Two things I wanted to bring up. Uh, I have never been to roswell but i've always wanted to go and this is something that uh several ex-girlfriends uh and my wife have been trying to do for years like for years for years every time like since i was like in my early 20s and like you know you have a girlfriend and like you plan little vacations and shit they've always said well like pat where do you want to go and i've always said roswell and it's like geogra- i don't want to say it's geographically inaccessible but it's not easy to get to like you have to fly in to uh tempe or something and then drive there and it's like a five-hour drive and then you get there and there's basically one hotel and um there's not a lot to there's you know there's like a roswell museum there's like a spaceship mcdonald's or some shit and they have the festival like around like the fourth of july every year but um i've always wanted to go and never been able to pull it off and it's kind of like like my waterloo or my canaan the promised land that i will never enter and uh that to me is infinitely frustrating roswell has friend zoned me not let me in so i don't know i'm gonna keep trying though because eventually if there's one thing i've learned in my 40s is that people let down their offenses after enough decades and you slip it in so uh, i will continue to try to go to roswell every year but who knows if it'll ever happen um and then as far as like what i know about it like my familiarity with it i was really thinking and i think that the first I was like tangently aware of it, but the first thing that like really clued me in on the whole story was the 1994 Showtime TV movie Roswell, the UFO cover up. Uh, it, it premiered on Showtime. Uh, we had Showtime. We had the good cable growing up, and it was 1994, so it's the year after X Files premiered. So this stuff was kind of like 
seen as being profitable and stars Kyle McLaughlin, Martin Sheen, and Dwight Yoakam. And I very, very much remember this movie and uh, being fascinated with it, in particular because there's a portion of the movie towards the end that focuses on uh, the U.S. Secretary of Defense, James Forstall, and his um, suicide, apparent suicide, and that whole thing. And there's lots of conspiracy theories about him and what he may have been privy to and if if he really was uh if he really did commit suicide or if he was suicided by men in black which is something that some other people claim so um and the james forrestall stuff pops up a lot he's one of those kind of central figures to the early uh especially the dwight eisenhower ufo stories and um he was mentioned in behold the pale horse and all that and so the the circumstances surrounding his death are very uh hotly contested and the my first exposure to that was through the roswell tv movie so okay that's what i got <laughs> sure. roswell was probably um I, I think like a lot of us um probably my first deep deep dive into ufology sure you know especially you know again I've said it before. I guess I'll say it uh, once more for everybody living so close to Wright Patterson Air Force Base. <laughs> you know, it, it is a, a local legend here that that's where the Roswell crash debris and bodies are at. Um, so it's not like it's something that I've, I've been unfamiliar with, uh, but it is something that I put down and didn't really pick back up again until um, just this week. So <laughs> for many, many, many years. Um, but it's interesting looking at it through the scope now than I did back before I am who I am now um, and being kind of not skeptical. It's just that I need something concrete and I can't just go, oh, my gosh, so and so said that and there are nobody. So it must be real. Um, so. Yeah, I, I'm excited to talk about it. You're not going to hear anything here that you've never heard anywhere else. I can assure you. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I didn't. Uh, I didn't go to the base and and go to Hangar 18 and prove that that you know there's spaceships there and alien bodies or anything. You didn't talk to the dude that you know at the laundromat that works at. Uh... <laughs> no, <that>? I <laughs> have talked to people. I know. <laughs> your base buddy that you do laundry with on tuesdays <laughs> i have a couple base buddies and uh i you know i will share some of that information here um because it kind of checks out to what you know the general consensus about this is um so i mean we'll we'll get into that but mm. uh <sighs> let me pull my notes back up <laughs> i got so much here um so big news was kind of striking the nation uh in june of 1947 uh ufo mania was hot people loved their flying saucers uh well they didn't necessarily love them it's just that they were talking about them a lot uh mostly because of the um famous kenneth arnold sighting which happened at uh, mount rainier in washington in which case uh, pilot kenneth arnold saw nine ufos kind of hanging out in tandem over mount rainier and when that was reported and he described them as flying, flying saucers. saucers yeah right and so you know he kind of coined that term there um and then what occurred after that was a flood of probably i mean to date right now we're at like over 900 sightings 
mm-hmm. just in that short time. And, and again, what you probably had was not necessarily a flap going on, but people now had a place to report something to. Right. Um, but old uh, Mac Brazel <laughs> of Roswell, New Mexico, old farmer, <laughs> farmer Mac, um, didn't know anything about this. He didn't have a you know, TV or radio phone he didn't even have a telephone he had to get all of his information when he went into town and uh he did so on uh looks like july the 7th went into town and found out that there was this big ufo craze going on and he's like hey i got that in my on my farm (laughs) and um went and told the local sheriff look here's some things that i picked up in and around my farm here i think it's a ufo that i've been hearing all these fancy people talk about um so the sheriff then takes that report okay let me go ahead and find out where this is here have an order of events um the sheriff took that guy's report he reported it to the air force the air force then assigned jesse marcel to go check it out okay And Marcel did. He went out there and checked out the debris and whatnot and took as much as he could with him at that time. Marcel then went and reported it to Colonel William Blanchard. Colonel William Blanchard went and reported it to Roger Ramey from the Fort Worth Army Airfield, who then ordered the debris to be brought there. Okay. (laughs) That is... So remember some of these people because they continue to come into play you know over and over again what happened from there okay is that walter hot did a press release on july the 8th saying that a flying disc was recovered and the local news fucking loved that shit and ran with it that is the most famous headline probably ever um aside from maybe kennedy getting shot and the twin towers uh coming down right (laughs) you know um but within not even a 24-hour period the very next morning um the roswell daily report i believe it was had reported that um as a matter of fact the now the government officials are recanting what they said about the flying disc um it's actually a weather balloon yeah that's that's the picture that i remember is um them with the picture of the debris the weather balloon debris yeah what's his name because that's who kyle mclaughlin uh, jesse marcel that's who kyle mclaughlin played in uh in the Roswell movie is that guy. Right. So that is the famous, um, I mean, you know, right there, um, just in that little short 24 hour period, history was clearly made. Um, so the U S government did come and they did retrieve what debris that they could from, uh, from, uh, farmer max property. <laughs> and, things just kind of continued to get weirder and weirder. I mean, again, they were like, you know what? This is nothing. This is just a common weather balloon. Who cares? And you know what? People didn't care. Nothing happened after that. People just settled on, oh, okay, it was a weather balloon. And then Roswell was not a story until the 70s. And then it started picking up steam again because remember marcel jesse marcel came out in the 70s saying that well you know what you guys this wasn't a weather balloon this it was actually aliens it was extraterrestrial whatever we got there was not from this earth um and then 
at that point, there were a couple of ufologists that decided to get on the case and um, write a book about it, which came out in the 1980s. I think it was called the Roswell Incident or something like that. I don't know. UFO crash at Roswell. That's what the uh, the no. documentary was based on. But I'm sure there's, I'm sure several people have written books. So they have, but the Roswell incident is really what propelled this, and it probably was um, the it's the most famous, the most yeah. It's called just called the Roswell incident, um, and it's written by Bill Moore and Charles Berlitz, and they had interviewed a bunch of people, uh, well over seventy people about this, including Marcel. Um, and a lot of information that we have to date comes from that book that came out in the 1980s. Um, so now you're talking, I mean, now you're talking the 80s and this is really blowing up. And now you're talking information that's 30 years old. <laughs> okay. But shit gets really fucking weird over the course of all of this all right so marcel's son jesse marcel's son ended up coming forward later and said that his father actually took him to the brazel farm to go yeah. retrieve these products and that what he remembers that he, it, there, it was like okay so so basically what the official report says is that it was tinfoil paper rubber and sticks okay that's what they found on the property that's what it was um Marcel's son said, well, it was like, it looked like foil. It was like some type of metal with some weird pinkish purple, like hieroglyphics on it, some weird symbols on it. Mm -hmm. It's what he says he remembers. And he was, I believe, nine at the time that he went. So definitely old enough to kind of remember, but young enough to be very impressionable and have a false memory. Mm -hmm. You know, especially growing up with all the, all the hype. Um, but yeah, Marcel came forward, you know, he did mention that, yes, whatever it was, it wasn't of this earth, but he didn't mention, he actually explicitly denied that there were any bodies found there. And that is one thing that people talk about with Roswell is that they had, you had so many witnesses that had seen bodies being recovered from the crash site. Again, this kind of became big news. So you just had regular civilian people that were showing up while they are clearing up the debris here. Um and the people that are showing up are saying that they saw bodies here. The government, the official report changed in 1994. When the U.S. government came out and said, you know what? We lied to you about Roswell. We lied. Um, it wasn't just a regular weather balloon. It, it was a spy balloon from Project Mogul. And it was made to spy on um, Soviet nuclear sites. <laughs> so that didn't help things either um when the government came out and said that now right now all i'm doing okay the only picture that i'm trying to paint are the facts so unless i have said otherwise like the eyewitnesses seeing the bodies right now these are just the facts that we have these are the actual these are what you will find if you go fill out a freedom of information act you don't need to it's already out there about the roswell report these are the facts all right so there is one more official um piece of paperwork that kind of came out but it is kind of a gray area of whether or not it is official um so we're gonna we're gonna wait there um so again the government came out and said yes it, it was a secret spy balloon. We're sorry. And that was that. And then they left it at that. And that's all they have said about it going forward and point blank period. That's the end. Case closed. Pat, don't have any comments so far up until this point on just the facts. Nope. You're a rock star. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Those are just the facts. And, you know, when you read about it, 
it actually kind of makes sense, right? I mean, it that's really not that far-fetched. I mean, hell, we've all seen that picture of the debris. I can believe that's a weather balloon. That's what it looks like. I mean, it just looks like trash. doesn't look like anything <laughs> cool. Right. <laughs> it does. It just looks like a bucket. It looks, like, looks like garbage, yeah. <laughs> right. Someone fucking dumped their bag of garbage and tore the bag up and laid it there with it. You know, that's what it looked like. Um you know, so, okay, cool, whatever. It could be a weather balloon. And then the government, hey, they even admitted, yeah, it was a spy balloon. We had those. So I fucking buy that. At least they were honest about something for once. Mm-hmm. But things still really didn't add up <laughs> going forward. Um, things got even weirder when Walter Hott, the guy that delivered the, pe- the press conference saying that this was a flying disc, um and he he claims that he was given the order to say that he was told to say that and then they immediately recanted um because they didn't want this information getting out but walter came out and eventually in his lifetime signed two separate affidavits official affidavits for his official report on how this situation went down and what he said was in the first one he said that there was absolutely no way fucking no way in hell that marcel and Blanchard misidentified a weather balloon. That is just not possible. They would have known immediately what it was because they were experts in that field. That's what they did. And there's just no way. But the second affidavit that came out that was actually released in 2005 after this man died, that was the only order. He would sign this affidavit, but he only wanted it released upon his death, was that he personally actually did see a, the ufo he saw a ufo it was egg, it was egg shaped all right about 12 feet long and he also saw four small bodies so that's when the story really gets fucking weird is because that is i mean that is the man's word that came from him this isn't like just his grandchildren said this or you know whatever where we have a lot of that in the story we have a lot of people talking about their husbands and and fathers and and things like that that you know later told them disclose things to them this isn't secondhand information this is actually what the guy fucking wrote down an official document said this anything else before we continue on to the no good stop what is? <laughs> I'm listening it's just me talking right now Fuck, no but that's fine hey I, that was me during the intro and i knocked it out of the park you're doing fine I gotcha. <laughs> so let's get into what people, what the talk of the town is. All right. Okay. Here's the conspiracy part about it. Because now we've got these two things that, hey, guess what? They're not really adding up. That really make much sense. Um, why would they come out and say this was a flying disc immediately? Again, these are people that are experts in their field. Um, mm-hmm. Marcel, I mean, he graduated, uh, you know, in some type of, I don't know, craft some bullshit i don't know the degree you know the guy knows what he's doing he knows what he's talking about mm-hmm. and he had never seen anything like that before in his life um you know he was shocked by it to go further you know you had all these people that again reported co- constantly over and over again we saw bodies being pulled from the crash site on the farm in roswell and taken away we saw that and they all reported seeing the same thing they were three and a half feet to four feet tall Okay, they had large round eyes. They had slits for noses. I mean, you know, pretty much your stereotypical gray is what they saw um, over and over and over again. Now, what the government had said, they said that this was not possible, that what they were actually remembering was a totally separate incident, something completely different that happened 
that um, where they had crash test dummies in one of these balloons that crashed and that people saw the crash test dummies, not not the grays. Well, mm-hmm. crash test dummies look like us. They don't look like gray aliens. They look like us. And they're they're about six feet tall. Big difference there. So um, a lot of people, you know, question that. I mean, <laughs> you know, how to how to all these yeah. people lie. Um one question that that I saw posed, which was really interesting, was that it, it just kind of puts in a little bit of different perspective. Let's say that you had 100 people report this. And it was. I mean, there was a lot of people. I don't know exactly the numbers. It's really consistent. Uh, but let's just say it was 100 people, okay? If all these 100 people, instead of witnessing a UFO crash cleanup site, if they were witnessing a murder, right, and they went, and they went to the trial, and they all described seeing the exact same fucking thing, I mean, wouldn't you then believe that's what they saw? Well, the only thing I have to say about that is that um, if 100 people did witness a murder, they wouldn't all report it the same way. They would be completely different. You that's true. I mean? That that a bigger red flag for investigators is usually when people's stories kind of uh, seamlessly corroborate each other's because generally witnesses don't work like that you know what i mean everyone's standing on a different a car crash happens right and you you interview people that were standing on all different corners of the intersection they're all going to have completely different uh accounts of what happened not only because of their perspective in relation to the accident but because what they were doing at the time what was going through their mind the way they handle stress their fight or flight instincts everybody's going to have a different story to tell. They're going to emphasize different points. And when you have people's stories uh, completely parrot each other, that is a, that is a tip of the hat to investigators that maybe they made an effort to get their story straight. Because stories aren't usually straight. And that's very unscientific. (laughs) That's, that's me just repeating what I've heard and fucking true crime documentaries, right? So I don't even know how accurate that is. I've never interviewed people after car accidents, so maybe that's not entirely true. That's all that pops in my head when you say that. When you say there's 100 people that all have very eerily similar stories about what they witnessed, I don't know. And not, not that I don't believe it, Roswell. I'm just saying. You know. The claim is that, but this is the claim here. Yeah. The claim is not like what exactly it is that they saw in its entirety about them seeing grays or whatever they saw bodies being pulled out from that area the government saying no they didn't there were no bodies so what's more likely 100 people versus these five individuals that were working the case um i'm gonna take that probably 100 people didn't misremember this as some other obscure fucking event that took place yeah, that's yeah. the logic that I'm going. Yeah, right. And that's, you know, kind of what I'm getting at. The the physical descriptions themselves didn't really make any sense. But I mean, they all roughly reported the same thing. I don't know exactly what every single report said. I haven't read them. I don't know. Um, but I do agree with that. If I think that if you were to sit down and read all those reports, they would all be slightly different. Mm-hmm. That would make sense to me. Um, because again, remember, folks, this is all stuff that came out after the fact. Many years later, 30 years later, after this had happened, people are now sharing their events. Um, you know, but some other things that did happen, um, Farmer Mac, he actually packed up and he left town. 
He, he fucking just straight up left. Now, he had maintained to that day that, to, you know, to whenever, that he always thought that whatever it was that they cleaned up, he didn't buy the balloon story. But then again, he's just a lowly farmer in Roswell, New Mexico. He wasn't anybody, you know. Um, but he just knows that the reaction that they had there, the fact that they wanted to clear up all the debris, they didn't want him to keep any, things like that. They just acted strangely. He believed that there wasn't a balloon that, you know, fell there. But he gets up within a year and packs up and leaves town. And nobody really ever hears from him ever again. Some people think that he was intimidated by the government. Yeah, I, I got it. The, another thing that is weird, too, is why would they go back so many years later? Now, maybe this is just this miscalculation, right? Because if there's something that we've learned time and time again, is the government's just made up of people that make stupid decisions sometimes, right? Why would you, why would you admit to lying about the weather balloon thing only to come up with another story so many years later that doesn't necessarily that that is also suspect the because you know, at this point no one's going to believe anything you say right right what's the benefit and now you're like doubling down on trying to it, it was the roswell heat too intense that the government suddenly decided in the 80s that they needed to come up with an explanation like guys i don't know how much longer we can i don't know how many more decades we can sustain the uh the heat from this roswell thing we might as well come clean right like who made that decision who said yeah. okay enough's enough we need to tell these people that this has you know what i mean like i i can't i don't know why you would i don't think they had to that to me seems like is it more deflection that that to me is pretty suspect you know Right. I think it's just because no, 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 you're absolutely please continue with the with the banter. Um, I uh I, I agree with that. I mean, it could be because people are kind of backtracking and some of the information that they're getting about all this is is just inconsistent. It just doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Because guess what? They did it's that first fucking press release that they had, man. I'm telling you. They immediately said it's a fucking flying saucer, and then they turn around and went, Oh, never mind, it's just weather balloon. Yeah, <laughs> that's weird. That's fucking weird. Because if it was just a weather balloon, they would have been able to identify it immediately and <laughs> said this is just a weather balloon. So I think them coming out later and saying that it was some type of spy balloon is their way to kind of cover that track and be like, well, we didn't really know what to say because we were doing super secret shit that we didn't want to admit to immediately. So we didn't want to be like, oh yeah, it's it's a it's a balloon, and then have to explain what a balloon is to people i don't know. <laughs> you know that's the only explanation that i can really come up with i mean they really damned themselves when they came out and that's what they said they said that that wasn't just made up for the headlines that wasn't like people in area reporting ufo sight it wasn't anything like that the government came out and said we have a flying disc in our possession and then called a bunch of fucking people to verify that information because there's more people than just these couple guys um then all kinds of experts come in and analyze the debris and whatever and then within 24 hours they're like oh yeah it's just nothing yeah that only really makes sense if you know to the idea of we don't want to admit that this is a spy balloon so we're going to pretend that it's fucking aliens like what like okay so you're obviously in a clear enough headspace to realize that you want to uh control pub the public opinion of what is happening Right. But your go-to is to say that you've 
made contact or have physical evidence of another alien species operating on this planet like that doesn't that to me doesn't make sense like that's your that's your fucking cover story is that because you don't want people to know that in the middle of a cold war post-world war ii you have intelligence (laughs) like like operations going on like why would you want like that doesn't that's that's like trying to put a fire out with gasoline what the fuck you know that doesn't make any sense Makes no sense. Makes zero sense. No, it doesn't at all. And it's like, uh, why even say anything at all? We already don't believe you. <laughs> well, that, that's that's another that's another thing that you really have to consider is why say anything at all. If it was nothing, if it was either a weather balloon or it was just uh, a recovered piece of reconnaissance equipment, why even make a press release? Yeah. This is a small town in the middle of fucking nowhere, and in a in a time when our country was mostly middle of nowhere like you this could have easily disappeared and who would have known about it? the boots on the ground people a handful of people all right a handful of farmers in the middle of fucking nowhere all right it no one would there was no there was no gopro video no no they weren't worried about this going viral on twitter it could have just fucking everyone kept their mouth shut but the because fa- everyone did initially yeah yeah the fact that they made a press release i think that shows that like somebody and I, that's interesting because that says to me that this might have been, you know, for all the for all the theories and and um, about like our relationship with extraterrestrials and what you know if there's an elite or what people knew or how long it's been going on for, this really does seem in the way that it's handled that it could have been our government's first encounter with these type of intelligences. Because we didn't seem to have a protocol in place, or we didn't seem to know how to handle it, really. And so maybe this was it. Maybe this was day one. Well, and then, so, okay, so they come out, and they're like, oh, flying disc. And then they're like, oh, (laughs) that's silly. That's fucking ridiculous. There are no flying saucers. Uh, It was just a weather balloon. And then six months later, they go on to form Project Sign, which the original name of was, let me tell you, Project Saucer. Okay, that's when it was formed. It was 1948, mm-hmm. and which eventually turned into you know uh, Project Grudge, and then it turned into Project Blue Book. We all know, we know that story. And then Blue Book came out, and then that's when things really picked up in ufology. Whenever people realized that this was an actual thing, it got uh, declassified for a minute, and people were like, "Holy shit!" Um, we actually were st- like looking for UFOs. We were actually taking these reports seriously. Um, you know, and then, of course, that's when I, I believe that's when things really blew up, especially when it came to like Roswell, because it was big news. That was a big deal. And um, I, I don't know. So, OK, so if you're telling me, let's just pretend for a minute the government story's real. OK, this was just a fucking spy balloon. Why would you then turn around and go um, establish a whole fucking area of government just to focus on studying these things? Right. You know, and then we had people who, um, you know, kind of where Wright Pat comes into play because I can't, I, I can't not mention it. Allegedly, that's where the crash debris is. Um, we had people come forward and say, uh, well, like Oliver uh, Henderson um, claimed that he's the one that actually flew, and this is, a, I mean, this is a person, it's a real person that was um, some type of pilot <laughs> for the U.S. government during that time. Came forward and said that he flew the debris from Fort Worth to Wright Pat. The debris and the bodies said that he flew them there. Um, another person. Now, this was his children that came out, but another um, <clears throat> notable pilot stationed at Wright Pat at the time was, I believe his name was um, 
Hollow's name. I just remember they called him Black Ace. I can't remember his actual name. Uh, he wasn't black though. Um, but <laughs> he his children came out and said that he would tell them stories of like how he saw aliens alive from the Roswell crash at Wright Pat and thought that it was really pitiful. It, it specifically said it, it's really sad what they did to those things in order to, you know, test them for science and, you know, killed them, basically tested them to death. Um and there's other stories i mean these are just my god this is a drop in the roswell bucket there are so so many stories out there it's endless um but you know allegedly the debris was taken there to write pat if you guys are interested in in knowing uh our, our takes and information on right pat go listen to the right patterson air force base episode because we did a whole episode on it so i guess my my i didn't know that i had heard that that um the aliens might have survived, but that there was no way to feed them. They died eventually. I didn't know that we had like tortured them to death or anything. Oh well, people. I'm, I mean, there's tons of people that say different things about them. <laughs> right? <know>? Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, sure. Yeah, us, us testing them to death. Well, and then eventually, you know, we had the the alien autopsy hoax come out that were allegedly from those bodies found yeah, at Roswell. That was around that time too. But I always my bullshit detector went off right away with that. I never thought that shit was real. You know, you got a bunch. Of, well, and that guy still says it's real, you know, but right. it's not. I mean, he pulled it, and then he and then he didn't, and then it's real, and it's not, and it's obviously it's not real. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've had all kinds of claims about what may have happened to those alien bodies. The people that saw them, um, you know, being pulled from the craft were, were describing them as being pretty fucked up, pretty mangled. So I mean, if something was alive, it was probably kind of. Let's just pretend, okay, maybe something was alive. It was probably barely alive. We probably didn't have the medical science to cure it or fix it or help it, and it probably died. Yeah. Yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, but it depends on how it crashed and why it crashed. And and that's the other thing too is did we ever did we ever come up with an explanation there? Was it shot down? Did it did it was there some kind of electromagnetic disturbance and it just tanked? That's a good I mean, question. How do you so, fly how do you fly all that way here and then fucking you know, I mean that's a pretty big distance and then you're cruising around the middle of nowhere and you fucking just run into the ground. Sure. Like, um, so there is a theory on that, and okay. I I would agree with it uh, that the ship was actually struck by lightning. Oh, I've heard that. Okay, yeah, yeah. And so I could buy that. I mean, it seems like a really um, fucked up way to go. I don't think that we could shoot it down. Um, I I could see it being struck by lightning. It could have been stricken down by lightning by a bunch of fucking rookies, you know, learning how to fly the ship. Bunch of teenagers getting their their um, UFO license or something. You know, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Unless we can ask them, like, hey, what happened? I don't think, you know, that part will ever know how they got shot down. They didn't, they weren't shot down. I think that that's pretty um, well known because I think people would have known about it. Because here's the thing about it is that um, Farmer Mac says that this, that debris showed up in like the middle of June. It had been there for a couple weeks before he said something to anybody about it. It just kind of showed up and he's like, oh, someone's garbage. Wow. Yeah, it had been there for a minute, and uh, that's when he reported it. So, I mean, there's really it's really inconsistent on when the date is because it's a whole farm, and you know he doesn't check it every single day. But yeah, it had been there a couple weeks, and he had just so happened to go into town, and people were talking about UFOs, and he's like, "No, wait a wait a darn moment," you know. He's like, "I got some of that in my farm," and uh, well, that's that's crazy to consider too, because that means that those fucking aliens were just laying in the fucking wreckage the whole time. 
Go to bed, right. Waiting so for someone to find them. Like, they can't call. They can't do nothing. Like, that, I don't know. You would think if if they, you would think that if they traveled all this way, they would have some kind of communication. But who knows? Maybe they don't. But, you know, it, it, to look at it through very, uh, through the eyes of an Earthman, you know, yes, we would have communications. If your ship crashed and you were there, you wouldn't really be able to just lay kind of in the wreckage for weeks until you got dragged out and then sent to ohio like (laughs) you know no offense i'm just saying like you know like that that seems that that doesn't that doesn't transfer into the way we would handle that situation like they didn't try to communicate with anybody obviously there's multiple of these craft no other craft tried to assist one of theirs went down why didn't another craft show up after week one and and try to repair it or, or extract the people or something do they not well, do, they, do they not operate like that you know what i mean right they, maybe they don't yeah yeah i don't maybe know it's weird like, fuck that ship it's gone we're not going yeah. down there to get it and getting fucking ambushed by humans we don't or know they're what the- all drone you know they're not biological entities that are of individual mind they're all high which is something that people have said about crazy in the past so that maybe maybe they are hive mind and the the loss of a couple parts don't really mean anything in the grand scheme of things like okay right. if we, we lost one ship and three drones big fucking deal why go back and get it it's not worth the effort you know right and risk a confrontation because surely those humans know now that we crashed there little you know unbeknownst to them that they crash on a fucking farm in the middle of nowhere you know they don't know well that's i mean that's if they're if that's if making their presence known was something that they genuinely care about i mean they they might have their own agenda with this planet and that's that's kind of propels them to come in and do what they have to do and leave they don't necessarily care if anyone spots them i mean look at the they don't if they're flying around and and they're flying in formation they're they're spotted over the white house and they're spotted over here and they're spotted over there that doesn't seem like they're necessarily worried about keeping a low profile it's almost like they don't even give a shit you know they're they're there for whatever reason they're there for and that's what they're doing. And whether or not we see them or chase them or take pictures of them or ignore them, it, it, it matters to them not, you know. Well, and we don't know. I mean, to be fair, you know, 1947, we don't know what that time period looked like for them. We don't know what their technology is. We don't we just don't know, you know. And so we don't know if they maybe they were new to it. and Maybe that's why they crashed. You know, maybe they were mm. testing it out and. Or the first fucking planet they found, and then they crashed here, and maybe they never came back ever fucking again. And whoever's visiting us now is not even the same fucking race of whatever that was in forty. So we don't know. You know, there's just so much that we. Yeah. Really, I mean, we could speculate. It's fun, right? It's fun to dream, but we don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have no idea. Um, all we can know what is what people are kind of saying about it now. I mean, you had engineers, whistleblowers that came out later and said, yes, I saw that ship and I've never fucking seen anything like it. There was the one guy. Oh, I can't remember his name. Oh, my God. See, I, I need to do better on my notes. I'm sorry, you guys. Bob but there was Lazar. one. No, it wasn't Bob Lazar. Um, some fucking nobody that i've never heard of before um came out and said that he saw that ship and that you know he didn't understand how it flew it had no engine and that's interesting because that is a claim that i've heard consistently throughout the years is that whatever this technology is doesn't have an engine and that you know he vowed that you know he's gonna work until the day that he dies to find out how the fuck that thing flew he doesn't get it doesn't make sense you know and um 
there's just so many clay i mean there's so many people that have come out and these you know some of them yes okay they're family members whatever maybe they're looking to make a quick buck out of the whole ordeal who knows but there's so many notable people that have an actual background and not like bob lazar bob lazar can't prove his background he says the government wiped his background clean so all of his degrees and shit don't exist anymore that's kind of crazy no these are actual fucking people that we can track and see what their background is that came out and said yes i saw the wreckage whether or not there are bodies or not that's inconsistent some people say yes some people say no doesn't matter they all say i've seen the wreckage it was fucking amazing what it was Mm -hmm. and uh we can't explain it it couldn't have been from here they all say that consistently we could not have made this nobody on this planet could have made that technology um another claim that people made were about the the type of metal that was there um they said it was weird it was like a flexible metal a a lot like tinfoil which is how they could see you know why why uh mr brazel thought that this was tinfoil is because it was very malleable you can move it around and and if you were to like take it and crumple it in your hands and you let go of it it would spring back they called it memory metal it would spring back to the form that it was in previously it would take its shape back again and they didn't really understand it you couldn't really rip it it wasn't you know but it was thin enough to where you think you could just take it with your hands and rip it but you couldn't um and that was another interesting claim and and kind of piggybacking off of that what i have heard from my friends at the laundromat as pato likes to put it you know is that here's one thing that we know about right pat is that right pat does have a division there they have a wing there what they do is they um reverse engineer foreign technologies that's what they always have that part's not a secret so what they did was they took all this back to that lab and tried to reverse it reverse engineer it but couldn't and not just that but weird shit fucking happens when they try they continue to try to do it and it sets everything off so right pat is also very notably haunted like you've seen all the ghost people they've been there to fucking do these ghost hunts what my people say is that it's not haunted it's what the technology does and they don't really know so they'll fucking put it away for another you know 10 20 years and then they'll pull it back out again and try but they're smart enough to know not to fuck with it like that because they don't really understand it very well but they have it and it's there um you know some of the claims that we did break down over on the right pat episode was when we talked about the underground tunnels and things like that which really there's underground tunnels there but they say there's not and i'm not saying that like oh i know because conspiracy no like there fucking are underground tunnels there i i I can text someone right now and have them send me a fucking picture of the tunnels like through the air vents they're there they just say that they're not there so there are places that exist on this base that they claim don't exist hangar 18 being one of them there's a building 18 that's that's you know you you can know about that but they say hangar 18 doesn't exist well the rumor is hangar 18 is underground and that's and nobody can go down there there's an elevator that you're not allowed to go on to to go down there and it goes down that's where it goes it goes it goes down to the bottom and they just continue to say there is no underground and there is so why the fuck are they being so secretive about that when we all know that it's true what's down there right because that's that's probably just like there you have to deny the existence of fucking everything because that's how you shut down that conversation you know what I mean? Like, yeah. what's what's under there? There's no under there. there yeah, but there's underground. No, there isn't. No, there isn't. There just isn't. <laughs> like it's just, or I could be like, wow, you know, we're only allowed to say, and I don't know. 
And just we know no. that because of Area 51, right? How long they like literally just now disclosed it? What in like 2013 or something crazy like that? They yeah. just now admitted that, it, and we know, you know, we did the episode on it. They just admitted that it exists. Well, we all knew that it did. It's no surprise. Well, they might be operating on their own timeline, but you have to feel that there's some kind of as slow as slow moving as this all is that there has to be some kind of plan in place to eventually share this information with the rest of humanity. Right. I agree with that. Like this is not something I don't think anyone intended to keep the secret forever. I think maybe they wanted to keep a secret until they got a handle on it and they real they still don't have a handle on it. Right. So they still don't know how to come out and, you know, you want to get your story straight before you go out and you say everything. They still don't fucking know. They know this much, but to be that uncertain, to be that unclear, to only share the half the story that they know might panic people, not because of what it says, but because their lack of understanding of it to say, like, listen, we can't figure this out. God wrote a math problem. You can't solve. You know, yeah. people have kind of unwavering faith in the government, like this goofball that found seven tons of gold in the fucking hills of Pennsylvania. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like thought, oh, right. that's not the way it works. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. That's not the way it works. Yeah. So like to, to, to come forward and say like, yeah, we found this shit. We lied about it. Okay. We'll give you a second to deal with that. Yes, we lied. And, and this is why is because we were going to wait until we could figure it out. And it's been 40 years, 50 years. Shit, at this point, almost 80 years, we still haven't figured it out. Yeah. We still don't know. We can't figure it out. We've had scientists look at it, and we've killed people to keep it a secret, <laughs> but we don't know. And, yeah, yeah it, it it leaves us with a lot of questions about faith and our own history and all this stuff. And, you know, don't panic, but this is what's going on. And, you know. Does, yeah, people would panic. Right, because then you'd have to explain the abduction stuff, right? Which by the way there's there's a book that came across my radar last night that um i want to i'm gonna i i got so much shit i need to read right now but at some point i'm gonna read it and uh if if it's good enough i would like to do a show on it but basically there is a incident that happened in the 90s uh where presidents then at the time um president clinton was at a uh convention in san diego california in 1994 at coronado island and there was a group of people you know it, it was this big event and there was a lot of people there he's there you know a couple hundred people are there and an overwhelming number of people that were at this event at at this coronado island in san diego in 1994 were alien abductees and they all have memories from that weekend of being abducted and some of them even think that clinton and secret service agents were there with the aliens when they were abducted and it's like 100 people and um this is a story that i've heard before and it just popped on my radar again last night on twitter i saw someone talk about this book and i'm gonna i want to read the book and i want to bring it up if it's good if it seems like crackpot bullshit i'll just 
you know, I've bought books like that before too. You guys only hear about the good books that I've read. Yeah, <laughs> I've read a lot of garbage. I read a lot of weirdly racist and anti-Semitic fucking conspiracy garbage. Um, unwittingly, I didn't know it was when I bought it, but I got into it. And I'm like, oh, these people hate Jews. What the fuck? So, um, it's out there. But yeah, I mean, think about that. Like that, the abduction thing. That kind of, you know, some people. They, they take their flying saucer talk and they, they talk about Roswell and they talk about UFOs and they don't even spend a half second considering the abduction ramifications, right? But if the flying saucers are real and the aliens are real and we are being visited by these intelligence from God knows where and we can't figure them out and we have no control over them and then you start to consider the abduction mythos and what that means, that makes us very vulnerable. And I know I've kind of brought that up on this show before, but how do you, how do people feel safe at night? Yeah. If you start to consider these stories, even if they're not all true, even if some of these people are schizophrenics or whatever, you know what I mean? Um, what happens? What happens when Americans are, you know, not don't feel safe in their own homes anymore? Because yeah. maybe they are taking people and maybe the government doesn't even know how true that is, right? We don't even know how, it's not like we're in communication with these things. They, they run roops or they run uh, fly loops around our, our fucking uh, equ- equipment. We don't, we can't keep tabs on them. Maybe they are popping in and fucking taking people and we can't say shit about it, you know? So well, I don't right. know. we can even catch them. I mean, fuck. You know? Yeah. What are we going to do? I agree. Um, you know, so, I, I, I do think that the government doesn't know anything i mean you got whole people that think that there's like press conferences against them with the president and these aliens i don't fucking think that's happening yeah i think well I th- maybe that's wishful thinking on our part like there was i forget who i was i was listening to something the other day where they were talking about the conspiratorial mindset and how we would like to think that everything's all fucked up oh it was it was actually one of the the shout out i was going to give during the news this week was for boys bible study which is my uh my absolute favorite podcast that i'm not on and it's a podcast about it's it's three guys that um that they review faith-based media and they 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 take shots at it and it's very very funny if you guys are familiar with like everything is terrible where they re-edit those videos um to to look at goofy shit like it's it's some of the guys from everything is terrible and they do boys bible study and and they watch like all the kirk cameron kevin sorbo crazy christian movies and they they riff on them and um i love filmmaking and i love campy movies and i love religion so this is like a sweet spot for me so anyway i really love that podcast they were talking about how so many they're doing a, a deep dive on the left behind series because they just came out with a new Left Behind movie this month. I don't know if you knew that. And starring Kevin Sorbo, of course. And um, they were talking about how there's this, I, all these people that, the uh, kind of the, the crazy, uh, I don't want to say crazy right wing, because I'm mixed along as all Republicans, but these people that have like, you know, that think COVID was fucking manufactured or oh, sure. all this shit. A lot of times these people kind of have these ideas because, they want to they want to impose more order on the world than there actually is you know humanity in itself and civilization is very chaotic and kind of barely holding on by a thread and sometimes it doesn't seem like we're doing too good of a job of it but the idea that like these bad things that happen are the machinations of people that are in control that know what they're doing is a little bit more comforting than 
the idea that there are people in, like there's really people evil there's really evil people in control of everything and they know what they're doing versus there's really evil people in control of everything and they have no idea what they're doing and i think that's that's what i think it comes down to is like a lot of this ufo stuff like we would rather believe than that you know nixon is in cahoot was in cahoots with the fucking grays because that's an easier pill to swallow then we have no control over the grays. They come and do as they please. We can't stop them. We can't even see them half the time. And we don't know if they're really taking people at night because they don't talk to us and we have no idea what they want. And we're in, the government's in charge of you, but they're not in charge of them, you know? Yeah, I know. I, I, like I said, I definitely agree. Um, you know, I think that it, especially with COVID, you know, we really learned that... Um, my god just sharing what information we do have isn't enough for people (laughs) it uh creates a a bigger problem by doing that Mm -hmm. um you know and so here we are and i think that that's why most of this stuff is kept under wraps because it's just easier and it saves a lot of face i mean my god remember when covid first started remember that video of the lady that fucking jumped out the window because she was diagnosed with it no you don't remember but like wow Oh, yeah. People were killing themselves. People were getting COVID and just fucking killing themselves because they were so scared that they were just going to die from it anyway. And um, I mean, that was a thing that was happening. You know, we know that people are prone to panicking like that because of, um, well, big thing from last week, disinformation. It's one of those things. Uh, just kind of believe in whatever. Um, so the government came out and was like, hey, by the way, uh, that Roswell thing, that did happen. And there were some alien bodies there. And we still don't really know what the fuck they are, or how they work, or, you know, maybe we still have them now. I, I don't know. They're preserved somehow. And we just don't know what the fuck they are. They're just some species. But we couldn't talk to them because they were all fucking dead and laid there for three weeks out of fucking... <laughs> In the, in the desert and right. in the summer you know i, I don't know and, <laughs> and then what you know that then what then people are like okay but what are they I'm like well we just said we we don't know okay what do they fly on we really don't know that at all we, we've tried but we can't un- we don't understand it <laughs> how would that yeah exactly how would making that how would going public with that information have made the world a better place exactly it was especially yeah. in post-world war ii america oh um, yeah back to the disinformation thing i one thing i wanted to touch upon real quick because some some listeners of the show have been commenting on this and i just want to kind of i'm not calling anyone out on the carpet but like there was a fire at a furniture store here in chicago about a month ago right it was on the news it wasn't that big of a deal they showed it. Okay, this this furniture store caught on fire. It was when it was really cold. It was during one of the cold snaps, right? It happens sometimes. And footage from this furniture store fire has been making the rounds this past week, and they're acting like it just happened, and that it's somehow connected to the train derailment in Ohio. Oh God! <laughs> I, I've seen a couple people repost the story. Motherfucker! I know. I I live here. Like I remember when that happened a month ago. And yeah. it's a and yeah, there was a it was a big fire. It was a furniture store filled with wood. Like yeah, it was a, it was a pretty big deal, and uh and there was a lot of smoke, right? Because it's a furniture fucking warehouse or some shit, and that was it. And then they put it out, and it's not that big of a deal. And I don't think anyone thought it was ecological terrorism. I think the furniture should it could have been an insurance scam, if anything. But like whatever, man. 
Um, Places catch on fire. It happens. Yeah, especially <laughs> especially when it's really cold out. So, which is a kind of weird thing to consider, but I've noticed that there's always like one real big fire when we're in the middle of a deep freeze, right? Someone's using a piece of shit fucking space space heater. heater. Yeah, exactly. that they shouldn't be using. <laughs> but to see that story and that those images get recycled and repurposed and drug out into the fucking light this week yeah with and and you watch it no one ever says like oh this happened yesterday the the language is always very selective and it's people trying to incite a panic with this furniture store footage yeah that happened a month ago it had nothing to do with the fucking train derailment but people are trying to connect the dots and it's crazy um, and they're just doing it, I think, because of the fucking hysteria. So if we, like, manufacture that when something legitimately does happen, and that's that's the way we are as a culture, could you imagine how we would handle this information? I don't blame yeah. them for keeping it a secret. I mean, let me know. Just look, because I want to yeah. know. But, yeah, like, don't tell everybody call else. Call us at 77359. Yeah, leave us a voicemail. We won't play it. We don't play any of your voicemails. I don't know if you guys picked up on this. But like yeah. you can you can call that hotline and confess a murder. We might not even listen to it. We wouldn't. No. <laughs> Let alone play it for other people. You're <laughs> relatively safe. So I think we should we should repurpose that phone line as like a group hug. You, you ever go to that website, grouphug.us? No. Holy shit. This is in the infancy of the in of the internet. Someone came up with this website called grouphug.us. It might even still be there. And it was just a way for people to go to confess stuff. And it was it, you I, I would like sit at like what like whisper maybe i don't know but i would i would spend like all day at work like just reading it and some of the stuff was like really fucked up some of the stuff was really funny you know like oh i used to put my brother's toothbrush in my ass and shit like that and uh but some of it was like really messed up you know and um we could use the phone line for that so if you want to there's no caller id on it just call it yeah, just call it and confess your innermost secrets. Um, or if you know something about the Roswell crash, just clue us <laughs> in so we know. We won't tell nobody. Let us know. I live right down the street, you guys. Invite me to your base to come check it out. I, I'll, I'll leave all cameras. Okay? I just want to know. I just want to know. And either we're going to do this the easy way and you're going to just show me and I could be quiet about it. Or we could do it the hard way and one of these days I'll fucking find out. Either way, I'm going to find out. Um, <laughs> no, I, I agree that, you know, again, I don't think the government knows a bunch. That's why they're weird about disclosing stuff like this, because we've said it a hundred times just in the past 20 minutes. Um, uh, people will freak out because we don't know anything. Um, I do believe that something besides a spy balloon was recovered in Roswell. And if you just read the story at face value, if you just go and, and Google it real quick, that's not the story that you're going to get. It does sound very believable that it was just a weather balloon. But if you do, if you dig a little deeper and you start, don't, don't look up just Roswell, start Googling these people's names. I mean, start really digging into who these people were, what they ended up. Cause a lot of people that were involved with this crash initially came forward later on and said, you know what? It was never a balloon. It was always a UFO. Yeah. There were a lot of deathbed re recants and, and over decades later, people came through and, and said stuff and wrote books and got interviewed for TV and shit like that. Right. I, I do want to go back to our original, the thing the topic we were talking about, like, five minutes ago and say this honestly don't tell me stuff if i'll get killed if i repeat it because i have a big mouth so 
don't. I guess I, you can tell Astros. I guess she's got a vault. I don't. I'll get drunk and tell people at Frogman next weekend. So <laughs> that's probably true. I'll yeah. be like, yo, want to hear what I? <laughs> guess what? Guess what? Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> so fair enough. Um, but yeah, dig into it a little bit. I mean, it's it's definitely worth revisiting, especially if you were like me. Like I said, that those were like my first couple of conspiracies, man. You know, looking at Roswell and the Majestic 12 and, um, oh my God, they had this whole, um, there was Project Blue Book, but there was also something else. It wasn't Blue Beam. I can't remember what it was. It was a document that I came across many years ago and I wish I could fucking find it because it's probably bonk. I mean, I'm sure it's bullshit, but I can't find it. I mean, I mean, I was in the dark recesses of the internet when I found this, this shit. And it was like a, um, it was like a government report about an alien that they kept there, and like they went on like all these details about this alien that lived there for like two weeks and then he, it died, and I can't find it. I can't. It was called Project Something, but I can't fucking find it. Mm-hmm. If you guys know uh, what what that might be, definitely get a hold of me. I mean, just start throwing out ideas. Maybe something will jog my memory and i'll remember what it, what it is but i know i remember reading that and i was i'm, I'm scared of aliens i've said it before i said it again I'm, I'm terrified of aliens always have been um because i know that like i am just a human and i am powerless to whatever the fuck it is they want to do to me um so if they want me to if they want to force me to peg han solo well that's what they're gonna do you know and <laughs> You know, I mean, I just say it. Um, but yeah, if, any, if anybody's familiar with a type of document that vaguely even sounds familiar, um, hit me up because I'd I'd love to find it again. Um, but yeah, it was it was fun to really you know dig into this more as an adult and and being the person that I am um, and seeing what there is. Is it possible that one of these whistleblowers came forward and then knocked down a bunch of dominoes of other people coming forward just for the clout? I, I guess so. Yeah, sure. People do all kinds of crazy shit on TikTok for clout. I mean, mm-hmm. but I don't think so. I, I, I just don't I don't buy that. Again, these aren't just um, regular everyday people. These are people in power that eventually came forward and was like, hey, look, here's here's the actual story. So will we ever know the truth? Probably not. Probably not. So you got anything else to say, Pato? Yeah, one thing real quick and then we'll hop off. Uh, I do want to give a quick plug to... A uh, friend of the show, Mike Vanderbilt, will be up at Cigars and Stripes on Tuesday, February 28th, with a screening of the Stephen King Yardley Smith classic, Maximum Overdrive. So at 7 p.m. Tuesday, uh, February 28th, come watch the movie and eat a meatball sandwich. I'll be there with my kid at Cigars and Stripes in beautiful downtown Berwyn, Illinois, February 28th, Tuesday, 7 p.m. Okay. All right. Maximum Overdrive. That's not Tuesday tomorrow, Tuesday, is it? No, it's next. It's okay, next week. good. <laughs> we, why I want to mention it this this week's show. Gotcha. Okay, I understand. Right. I, I Even though when be- we record next week's show, I most likely still will have not gone because whatever. But if sure. I mention it for next week's show, it'll already have happened by the time the show airs. And uh, also, just uh, another reminder, because we can't stand it up, you have a week and a half until Frogman Festival. You have only one more Wednesday to go before Frogman Festival. And if you're not there, you're going to be square. It's going to be a great time. If you're not Um, there, you better be dead or in jail. And if you're in jail, break out. Break out and bring everybody (laughs) with you um, to the family-friendly Great Wolf Lodge in Mason, Ohio. (laughs) 
<laughs> bring on your convicts go go to the thrift store get yourself some black vests come on down to the frogman festival mm. um and uh we will be there i mean we're gonna be there all day it's, it's gonna be fantastic um so go, go to <laughs> Go to frogmanfestival.com to purchase your tickets because uh, I think you better. I don't know what the limit is there, but it's probably getting close. Festival of the year. So. Right. All right, then, guys. Well, um, we'll see you back here next Wednesday.